Why, hello there. Nice to see you. Come on in, grab a seat. It looks like there are more of you. I'm really excited. Just kidding, I can't even see you. Hi, this is Matt. Welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. I know it's been a minute. I do apologize. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. Thank you for listening and tuning in, hearing me uh, rant, and uh, you roll your eyes at me <laughs> if you want. I picked a subject, uh, and it is the Bible, as you could tell from the title, and uh, we'll just talk about it, and I'll throw some stuff out there, and you'll think about it, and uh, hopefully it you uh, think about it is really the point. Um, I am a Christian. I do believe that God gave us the Bible. It is his word, and I very, very much treasure it. I'm not a Bible thumper, and I'm not going to preach and push it down your throat. So without a further ado, here is uh, the Bible. I'm just going to go through some facts right here. The Bible was written over a 1,500-year span from 1400 BC to AD 100. Uh, Jesus died in about 33 AD, so the New Testament was written between 50 and 100 AD, right after his death. It wasn't hundreds of years later. Um, It was written really soon. It was written over 40 generations. It has over 40 authors from many walks of life, different kinds of authors, uh, kings, peasants, philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, scholars. You got all kinds of people. It was written in different places, uh, wildernesses, dungeons, palaces, islands, different places. It was written at different times, in times of war, times of peace. Uh, There was a 400-year gap between Malachi, the end of the Old Testament, and Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament. And it's written in different moods. Uh, There's heights of joy. There's such amazing things that happen that these authors wrote down. It's written in depths of despair. You look at David in the Psalms, and he is literally crying out to God, where are you? Where even are you? It's written on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. It's written in three languages, Hebrew for the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, Aramaic and Greek. This stat right here really, really surprised me. How many Bibles do you think are sold globally every year? Pop quiz. How many? Three, two, one. If you said anything less than 100 million copies, you're wrong. 100 million copies are sold globally every year of the Bible. That was a really impressive statistic for me. I'm like, I didn't even know you could have that. Okay, 100 million. Dang. It is also, the Bible is also very thefted. They are in hotels and lobbies and places where it can be um, taken. The King James Bible contains 788,258 words, which is 31,102 verses, which is 1,189 chapters, and it's 66 books long. I went online and I was looking for... um, he will give beauty for ashes, uh, uh, verses in Isaiah. And I came across what's called <clears throat> the Bible wheel, uh, Biblewheel.com. You can look it up. He took the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and then he rolled up the 66 books 
because you can get three different layers, you know, equally and roll them up inside. And so you have an overlap of these books. So Genesis, Isaiah, and Romans are on this first uh, spoke, if you will. And in that spoke, Genesis, Isaiah, Romans, it talks about God being the creator. That is the dominant theme of those books. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And there were so many verses as I'm reading through this book that I have of it, side by side verses that are, that have very similar wordings. And I was just very impressed by it. So you can check it out. I do believe <clears throat> that the Bible and science go together. There are so many things that happen in creation that are scientifically proven. Uh, when monks would transcribe the Bible, they would go get a new pen every time they ran into the name of God out of respect for him. I love that. They had such reverence and awe for God. They would get a new pen to write his name. The Bible was the first book to be printed on a printing press. They could arrange all the letters on this machine, Gutenberg, and press it on the paper. The Bible was the first publication hot off the press. The Bible <clears throat> is cited so much that if you were to erase every copy and make it go away, no more Bibles anywhere, you could go to all these other books and it would give you chapter and verse and you could create your own Bible out of everywhere that it is cited. There is not a sentence out of the Bible that has not been cited. You can do it. It takes a little bit of time, but you could do it. <clears throat> it has stood the test of time. Consider the Ten Commandments. Those are still valid. There are 2.5 million laws that the Ten Commandments covers. I thought that was very, very interesting. There's just 10 of them. And we're, we're trying to deal with 2.5 million. That's a lot of laws to, to keep track of. I'm going to go through some of the stuff that the Bible says about itself. I'm going to let it do the talking. The Bible is inspired. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for training, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It is literally breathed out by God. When these authors were writing, they still had their personality. They weren't, their hands weren't being forced. They just wrote down based on their experiences and how it was flowing, the ideas and the words that they felt that they should write. And God made sure that everything that needed to get wrote down did. The Bible is true. John uh, 17, 17, Jesus is praying. He says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth talking about God and his word being true. Psalm 19, 7 to 9, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It is very true. It says it about itself that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The Bible is authoritative, authoritative. The Bible is the Supreme Court. This means the correctness of every belief, value, opinion, statement, and sermon 
is finally settled by the question, what does the Bible say? If it matches up, if there's references, if it does a good job of pairing, and if the Bible says these right things about it, I believe it has the final say. The Bible is clear. There are, I will admit, there are very um, complex and subjects and themes and stuff that runs the, and there are things that are, uh, that maybe haven't been studied out all the way, but I do believe that there are uh, verses and there are statements that are made that are very clear. Uh, love your enemies. That's pretty clear. Um, things that Jesus says in parables, you can begin to understand exactly what he's saying. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Psalm 119, 130 says. The Bible is uh, sufficient. Deuteronomy 4.2, you shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. We don't, I don't personally don't believe we need another testament of Jesus Christ as, oh, we need to go back through and edit some things and add to them and make this other book to pair along with the Bible or to use, to use with it. No, if God wanted everything to be said in the Bible, he doesn't need to add an addendum and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot this part. Well, this is for the culture right now. This, this is what I really, really meant. The Bible is sufficient. The Bible is powerful. It's strong enough to melt hearts and to change lives. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is powerful enough to do that. I don't, not that I've studied, but I don't know of any other book that comes from God and is that powerful. The Bible is Christ-centered. Luke 24, he's talking to these men <clears throat> on the road. He said to them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken of, ought not the Christ have suffered these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, this is Jesus talking, beginning at, or not talking, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, which is Jesus. So Old Testament style, he took these two men on this really, really nice scenic uh, road trip, if you will, through the Old Testament of the things about himself, of the prophecies that he had fulfilled, of why he had to die on the cross. Even the Old Testament was centered on the person of Jesus and his coming and his death, burial, resurrection. It was all about him. The Bible is precious. Romans 15, 4, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. If there was a fire in my apartment and I had to take one thing with me, it would be my Bible, hands down. If I have that, then I will be able to make it. I treasure it. Um, my pastor, when I went, it was in church in California, he had made this statement. He said, nothing goes on top of my Bible. Meaning if it was sitting on the nightstand, he wouldn't put his glasses or another book or his wallet or anything on top of it because he valued it that much. And I've always remembered that. And I've 
made that a practice. It may seem like little and petty, but I do. If I see my Bible with something else on top of it, I move it away. I try to keep that thing on top because I value it. People are willing to die for this book. It is illegal to own copies and pages of in other countries. They would face death and imprisonment and torture for having a Bible. That tells me that it is valuable, that it has stood the test of time. The Bible has flawless internal consistency. There's different themes that different authors are saying the same thing. Here's a couple examples. The first creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's taken from Moses, the the first line of Genesis. By God were all things made from the apostle John. And then Jesus, at the beginning, God made them male and female. Noah's flood. Noah went into the ark and the waters increased greatly and all flesh died that moved upon the earth. Moses wrote that. The world that was then being overflowed with water perished from Peter. Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and took them all away from Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus. You will not leave my soul in the grave, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. King David wrote that. Christ was buried and rose again on the third day from the Apostle Paul. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Spoken by Jesus. The new creation. I will make a new heaven and a new earth, says the Lord. From Isaiah. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The Apostle John. Sounds like Revelation. I go to prepare a place for you. Spoken by Jesus. This Bible has been proven true so many times. There are a number of authors that I haven't read their books yet but they were atheists and did not believe what the Bible said. And they set out to disprove it. And they looked at historical evidence. They looked, they were doing it journalism style. They were using facts. They were using logic. They were using all the evidence that they thought that they could use to disprove the Bible and make it full of contradictions and errors and just uh, really come down really hard on it. And the more evidence they found, they ended up, proving that it was true, that these verses were real, that Jesus really came and are believers and have such a valid respect and awe and admiration for God's word and for who Jesus is. I know that it's quite a book. I mean, you start reading Revelation and you're going, what is going on here? There are so many different metaphors and there's different styles. There's Old Testament prophets, there's the gospels, there's the epistles, there's different genres of books in there. And it's written by an author to an audience that you have to remember. There's different ways to study it. There's different ways to understand certain themes and certain places and figures and and why this means that. It's almost like a a book of calculus. Oh man, that calculus stuff. I, I don't know about all that. It it doesn't seem like it's really, but it's, it's a calculus, it's kind of a poor example, I guess. But you don't really know it until you actually study it. I don't know calculus. You know, I, I just, I don't have a use for it. I don't, I don't need it. But if I were to actually get into 
it and see how everything works and how these math problems, I can do it addition and subtraction. Oh, if that's all that is for the equation, then you divide this by that and you get this. Oh, okay. Well, I see how that works now. So it does take a measure of proper study and not just interpreting it yourself. If you just interpret it by yourself and you just think to yourself, oh, this isn't true. That doesn't really make it untrue. That's your opinion of it. You have to get into it to be able to see that all the facts line up. You have to take it through uh, a measure of all of the things of the evidences that you can find and see that it really is. My belief is that this is the divine inspired life-changing word of God. And I value it so much. I read it every day. I let the words and the verses, I think about them. I feel like I'm growing because I have it. And the cool thing is too, even though I have this Bible, we have different translations. They're, they're man-made. They may have some, oh, they could have used a better word perhaps in their translating. What, what does the original language say? But I have this Bible, <clears throat> but I also have the author, God himself. I'm studying this Bible and I'm like, I really don't know what this means. Uh, hey, God, <laughs> what's up with this verse? And he begins to show me and illuminate things um, about it. And it's not like he's just sent me a, a book to read. He's come over and we're reading it together at my kitchen table. This by far is the most life-changing book in my life. If you don't know where to start, start with the Gospel of John. It's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And then I've heard, read James. James is actually the half-brother of Jesus, who knew him personally. He doesn't come up with that in his book, like, hey, I'm James, I'm the half-brother of Jesus, you should listen to this. He just starts to talk about his relationship with Jesus when he was here. Anyway, I hope that uh, you've listened and you start to think about it and pick a Bible up, read a verse. <laughs> it could change your life. Seriously, it could change your life. This is Matt. This has been another episode of Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you again another time. <laughs>